The Kabbalion, a conversation, is a conversation by Julie Benetti and Susan Barbro and is a production of EI Alliance, copyright 2021. Hi, this is Julie, and here is the trailer Susan and I first did for our podcast when Anchor came out with trailers for our shows. Hi, this is Susan. Julie and I started talking about a book that I didn't know much about a few years ago, yet Julie had read two or three times, and it's called The Kabbalion. And as we started talking about it, I decided this conversation was worthy enough to share with others. And it is a cool book. It talks about principles of energy, and to have a conversation about it is really helpful because you can integrate those principles into your own life. And that's what we talk about. So get on board. If you are wondering further what our podcast is about, and if you should subscribe, along with many others who are taking the challenge to move with us in the energy in a cool and thought-provoking way, here are some highlight excerpts from our shows to invite you to come aboard and be a subscriber. These excerpts have been randomly selected from our archive of shows available now. Enjoy! it would be fun to talk about the book the Kabbalion. for anyone who doesn't know the Kabbalion is written by three initiates and it's about energy and we always talk about energy basically it's the teachings of the legendary sage hermes trismegistus and they break it into seven principles and he was said to be an ancient egyptian man god who fathered astrology alchemy and other magical arts he's fascinated readers of occult literature for centuries magicians and Gnostics, and they identify him as the author of many esoteric teachings, building on the mystery of his lineage. So there's a lot of mystery and myth to that, yet it's about energy. And it's very interesting, and I was first introduced to it during a class in Salem, Massachusetts. Of course, Salem has its own history of energy and magic. But anyway, this book has always interested me because every time I pick it up, there's something different in it that I consume and enjoy. And this one particular book was written in 1908, and I was introduced to this book, I don't know, maybe about six months ago. <laughs> I gave it to you four years ago, and I said, you haven't read that yet? I've, I've started to make my way through it, and of course I take it and I have my own thoughts of different sections. Yeah, and and I have my own questions because, you know, I I like to go in and beat everything up. So, And the cool thing about it is it is about energy. And also, for those of you who are wondering, because of course, I love Greek mythology. When they named the Greek god Hermes, they believed it was named after this an Egyptian man god. And as uh, Susan said, this book first appeared in 1908 and the kind of cool thing is around that time period, also up until the 1950s, I mean, another book we absorbed was Think and Grow Rich. And there's a lot of books about energy and how to change your thoughts. And there's a lot of uh, material that came out in the 1950s. So the fascinating part about this, because this was us just sitting here and talking about the book, I would be sleeping somewhere in the back. (laughs) 
yet. The reason that <laughs> I'm interested in doing this <laughs> is because as Julie and I read through all of these, you know, there's something missing in all of them. There's something that's not mm. being said. Mm. And that's actually why I am interested in doing this, because there is something that goes between the lines in all of these. And I keep racking my brain saying, what the heck is it? There's something else that's trying to be said. And we're not going to tell you that, oh, we have the answer, Mm -hmm. but we are going to go into it. And maybe whoever's interested in doing this will respond and help us to move further as we help you to move further, because there is definitely something between the lines. So that's the cool part of what's going to be discussed in these podcasts, we're not going to just talk about what the book says. We're going to talk right. about that, but then take it one step further. And how it applies, too, to everyday living as we can try and understand it and hope to understand it. Because there are seven hermetic principles, yet we're not operating here as experts. Because <laughs> how do you define that word? <laughs> experts are historians. Mm. They don't think. They Mm. tell you this is what's been tried. This is what was successful in the past. This is not successful. But they don't think. That doesn't mean they're thinkers. That's why I consider an expert as a historian. They can give Mm. you the information, what's occurred in the past. But that doesn't help us to move forward. The principle of vibration, talking about the Kabbalion. As we look at this, nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. Very important principle. Well, you know, the sounds vo- like a book I know. <laughs> anyway, it sounds like a lot of things you know, but we'll stop there. Okay, what we're talking about, the principle of vibration, which is cool. We wanted to start out laughing because in laughter, there's a vibration. If you align with the vibration of laughter, and they've done these kind of studies, I think Oprah did something on her show. She did actually. I used to use it in one of my classes. She did something about different forms of laughter and what they were called and people get contagious laughter based on other people laughing which is also a form of vibration which is also the principle of vibration in that sense of nothing rests everything moves everything vibrates well science has proven that you you know when they look through the microscope everything's vibrating everything is consistently vibrating it's just at what speed everything is in motion Right. right. At what speed? Exactly. And the speed is the rate or the frequency, I guess, of the vibration is what is important because as it's been said in different conferences and different arenas, if you can vibrate at a faster speed, you can get a lot of different people engaged in things. So it does talk about, quoting the book, the vibration of spirit is at such an infinite rate of intensity and rapidity that it is practically at rest, just as a rapidly moving wheel seems to be motionless. And I guess the question becomes is, what speed are we at? I mean, if we know we are always moving, even ourselves, you know, we think we're solid, a solid Mm. person, but we're not. And neither is the table, neither is the chair. Everything is made up ultimately of electrons. Everything's consistently always moving. With a lot of space between. Right. And also it says this principle explains the difference between different manifestations of matter, energy, mind, and spirit. So what's interesting is if we know it, I guess the first question that I would ask is, so what is the difference in the intensity? And how do you change? I mean, so there's two pieces. So you would ask, like, how do you define who's at what speed? And then if ultimately the idea is to increase the vibration, Mm -hmm. so how would one go about doing that? Well, it's funny, too, because when you increase the vibration physically, you get warmer. 
I mean, a lot of times when people are moving and running and get warm, I think a really good example, you know, when you have holidays and you have big groups of family over and you're eating around the table and then everyone gets really lethargic and they just kind of go, hmm, who's going to get up and do the dishes? And everyone could sit like that for a week and not even move which is an example of one vibration. Yet I always find that the way to kind of cut through that is to just push yourself and say, okay, I'm getting up and I'm going to start doing things, even though you're tired and you change your vibration. Well, you start putting the dishes in the dishwasher, you wash the dishes, you put the food away, you start being active and you feel a lot better. Okay, so that's great in in a situation where it's very clearly get up and move. But if I'm sitting here and we're doing something, how do you increase your vibration? Because ultimately it talks about an understanding of this principle with the appropriate formulas enables hermetic students to control their own mental vibrations as well as those of others. The masters also apply this principle to the conquering of natural phenomena in various ways. Got some great feedback that said this is the first time that we've heard a conversation about it rather than someone just reading it. And the Kabbalion is very intense. And where we're going with this one is what's thought to be the creatoress. And it has been said that William Walker Atkinson was the real three initiates. For some reason, they also think he wrote as an Indian guru. He wrote Hmm. under different pseudonyms. My interest is he wrote things about mental influence, practical mind reading, the aura, and then it's supposedly understood that he wrote the Kabbalion. The other day, we received some interesting information. It was that 2015 was the actual end of the guru era. That's the end of the whole self-help industry and era. And if this gentleman was surrounding all of that stuff, look what he propelled into by writing the Kabbalion. So I think the idea of magic and crystal gazing and art and everything is very true. I think what my interpretation is that now it became you had to learn from the quote guru and then who's your quote master and okay, well, what level did you get? And then it didn't become about really development of the self. It became who got further along and who's the quote better witch. It didn't become about self-improvement. It sort of was a way to become better than everybody else. Like I stand out. I'm a witch. I'm a warlock. I know how to do this. I'm of level six. Well, that was based on somebody quote ordaining you as a certain level, which to me was always the joke. That was always like, you got to be kidding me. So if you think about it back then, the people that were talking about it I have to believe, because I wasn't there, that it was really sharing. It was really propelling and moving oneself forward instead of outdoing someone and being better. That's part of that whole self-help thing. It's like right. dysfunction. It's based on you're not whole. You've right. got a problem. Right. As opposed to being a better version of yourself. So right. it is interesting. Maybe back then, the propelling point was to move forward. And you and I, Julie, you know, we do this and push each other forward. Right. Even in the earlier part podcast we're arguing that it's not because we're telling each other i know better no i mm-hmm. it's like no we got it but we're getting further wait a minute there's more to this we're not going to stop here because right. there's more right and we share it and we push each other and you know if you're listening to the podcast hopefully you're moving along with it saying maybe you agree with us or maybe you disagree it's not right. that we have an answer you know maybe along the way we say something that you propel from because that to me is success you know before we've had people what's the answer <laughs> like well good luck i'm not 
I'm telling you the answer. <laughs> yeah. How the heck do I know the answer? <clears throat> I know my answers. And of course, you know, I get the answers from different conversations or something than you read, but you're the one that knows your answer. Right. And so he propelled himself, if you want to call it. It wasn't, you know, I think it was more termed Mm self-improvement rather than self-help, but he propelled more into the aspects of just energy. And the Kabbalion is a very invasive and exciting, addictive book about energy. And you can utilize it Every day in your interactions. And, you know, the other day we had a, a conversation with somebody and looking at that as a conversation with somebody didn't really help us. No. And I always like to say, well, when you put people in it, you kind of lost it. When you go to the energy, that's yeah. where you get the high octane well, part of it. And when we looked at the energy of what occurred, we were actually, you know, getting some volatile, very exciting information yeah. from energy. Yes. Through a person. Right. And, you know, whether that makes sense or not, it does for us. But <laughs> the interesting part about it to me is is much like looking at the Kabbalion and raw energy and how it works in interactions. The minute you personalize it, you have a little bit of a difficulty because other things occur. Feelings get in there. Emotions get in there. Past baggage, if you haven't cleared your baggage. Other things occur that aren't really related to what the energy was trying to transmit to you. And how better for it to transmit it, whether it be through a dream or through a person? Person in real life or through a book or through right. a podcast exactly and we are going to continue our discussion of our so you think you know the Kabbalion because there's 75 questions I picked number 54 what is the benefit of having degrees of love and hate with a middle point of like and dislike that is difficult to distinguish. This is a great question because it brings up polarity. Polarity is very useful every day. Well, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for polarity because all is mental. We are all a part of one until we separate. We wouldn't be here and none of the principles would matter other than all is mental and we are all one. It's the divine paradox that kicks in when we exist. And so... Through polarity, everything else here exists because you need opposites to be able to distinguish. I'm not commenting to that because I think there's a huger discussion in that realm. And we can even take it and translate it into what's going on in the ridiculous political forefront of everything. Yet, it's also more fun to go into the principles and find the principles dissolve into the practicality of all. Exactly. You know, you're using the principle of polarity in the discussion of the principle of polarity. Yeah, of course. That's because I've done my work. You're I've using done my a homework. hammer on a hammer. I've done my homework, teacher. And who is the teacher here? Aren't we all? You. Of course. And so if we're going to use that, I think, and the reason, you know, I mean, we're joking about it, but the most important thing to understand is polarity exists because we exist. If nothing existed, we wouldn't be in it. So... Now you're taking polarity, and now you bring in, I would say, like color to it. You bring do you have, some a, do color you have a side it. job? I think you're getting paid off. Does something land off of the truck for you? Is polarity got a check that they're giving to you every month? I think the <laughs> green people from Mars come down at night and tell me these things. I'm not sure if I would say that we exist because of polarity is a direct quote from the Kabbalion. No, it's not a quote from the Kabbalion, but when I read. The divine paradox. You know, if you go to all is one and you go to all is mental, it's just 
the physical attributes, and we talked about through gender, that you need both, you know, the what I'll call the male and the female parts of it to have a physical creation. You're laughing again. But why would you because be touching thinking, No, I'm laughing. I'm sparking because I'm thinking, wait, why would you use the principles to prove divine paradox? That just negates the idea of polarity as the causal effect for us being. If there wasn't polarity, we would all be consumed within the all. We are and already. We are. But the, <laughs> I'm not talking about our souls. I'm talking about our physical being. I didn't being. define it. Okay, so I will. But you separated physical and energy. I'm exactly. not separating physical and well, energy. I You're mean, choosing polarity. Exactly. <clears throat> the, I'm, I'm referring to our physical selves. Is it a choice? So we are mental, maybe we're crazy mental, but we're mental and we are physical. And that's two parts. Even in Chinese medicine, they refer to two different souls. Oh, don't go souls. there. Well, I, you know, but I'm saying I understand Chinese medicine. I studied it. I can't speak of Ayurvedic or I didn't mean you know, don't other go types Chinese. of... I meant don't go to the yin and the yang. Is that where you're okay, going? So don't go there. I'm not denying. Because I'm going to say the circle. But I'm not denying that we are part of the circle. And in relation to question 54, what is the benefit of having degrees of love and hate with a middle point of like and dislike that is difficult to distinguish what is the benefit so for me the benefit is that you can move along the line you can decide where you want to sit and if you sit in hate then that's a choice and that to me is the beautiful part of it because then you could move to love or even if you can't get to love you can neutralize it and by doing that this all comes down to what i just said is choice So, the all being infinite, absolute, eternal, and unchangeable, it must follow that anything finite, changeable, fleeting, and conditioned cannot be the all. And as there is nothing outside of the all, in reality then, any and all such finite things must be as nothing in reality. Now do not become befogged nor frightened. We are not trying to lead you into the Christian science field under cover of hermetic philosophy. There is a reconciliation of this apparently contradictory state of affairs. Be patient. We will reach it in time. So the all, is it mere energy or force? Okay. (laughs) I just have to say, when you take one piece of this... And you have to really pick it apart and not go in some semblance of an order. It's pretty tough. God, do you like how she asked the question, people, that she looks at me? Like, okay, go ahead. Okay, so that's the benefit of starting the podcast first. If you've ever noticed, Julie loves to start because she can sit there and direct it and hit me upside the head and say, there you go. And if you were here watching, she puts her head right back in the book. She reads it. She asks the question. Then she puts her head down. It's like a teacher that asks a question and says, anyone and everyone looks the other way. (laughs) No one makes eye contact. You always say you snooze, you lose. (laughs) You snooze, you lose. And the funny thing about this is all I did was read from page 32. I just read the question. And then I just looked up. And then when she asked it, her voice kind of, 
goes up at the end and then looks down. Okay, so to me, the all being infinite, absolute, eternal, and unchangeable means that anything that's the opposite cannot be the all. So, I mean, is that basically giving us the the definition of what we see? If it's something that's finite, which we are, we're finite. If, if from the physical, don't give me those eyes. I know you always do this. This is when I say I wish people could see because she gives me this look like, what are you saying? The physical is finite or it's in a pattern. It goes through cycles. So I guess the individual cycle... I guess, which, is that what you would say is finite? A part of a cycle is finite, but the cycle is infinite. So what is it you're arguing for? Oh, I'm just saying. I'm not arguing. <laughs> you know what I'm arguing! <laughs> so I think what it is is that it's an interesting concept to think about it. If this, then that. So when I hear that and I read <gasps> that and I go you know, deeper and deeper, I say, well, it's, we're all patterns, right? You can see it more with nature. You know, the cycles of the season. And does that mean that the summer is finite because it has an end because fall comes and then you hit winter? But it's going to come again. It's part of a pattern. Well, to me, the intriguing part of the sentence is immediately when it expresses that the all being infinite, absolute, eternal, and unchangeable, that's the all. Then anything finite, changeable, fleeting, and conditioned cannot be the all. The intriguing part of that sentence is there's, there's nothing that can be finite, unchangeable. Exactly. But and we... so in, in saying it's like a triple negative there, and you know, then anything that is finite, changeable, fleeting, and conditioned cannot be the all. You know, it's like, no, that's, wait a minute, that's it, not a road to go down. I mean, everything is the all. The, we are the all. So the all I, is the all. Right. And I enjoy this, that little double negative, because what it does is it forces you to go outside of a limited perspective, a limited belief, and say, well, wait a minute. Because the minute I say I'm finite, my physicality is finite, but I'm not. I'm infinite, as all of us are. Yet your physicality reverts to, you know, the ground Mm -hmm. at some point in time, which reverts into the trees that you're talking about, which reverts into the wheel of the year and the weather cycles and the seasonal cycles so you're actually infinite of course so what do you want to say about mentalism well you know it's it's just beautiful and concise and simple that all is mind and we all have a mind is it the mind and you know what are we going to do with it and I think I, I just heard Joseph Murphy again. I mean, I think I coined his phrase. It's like, hello, you know, you don't have to go out and buy it. You don't have to look for yeah. it online. You don't have to wait for it to get delivered. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we all have a mind and we can use it. And what can we create with it? And what are our thoughts? And projecting, you know, mentalism into all is mind and connecting it with, with part five in our series about world. It's just looking at time and balance and truth and awareness, well, it's interesting because when I open it up with with mentalism, because it's like, oh, mentalism, yeah, mm-hmm. I get it. Okay, all is mental. And it's like a big concept to grasp when you start the Kabbalion. But when you mm-hmm. go the other way and you look at it, it kind of all makes sense because we've talked about using it all along. It kind of makes sense. And especially when you look at energetic invocations and then you get to world and you're like, oh, Everything else makes sense. 
You know, it's it's great you put it that way because that really gives the clarity of if you read the Kabbalion from start to finish, you start out with this vast concept yes. and then you try to integrate it to yourself. And yet, isn't it funny when you look at it backwards and you go from gender mm -hmm. back to mentalism and, you know, I, I can't help, but this has been one of those sayings that, that people have, you know, said a, a long time in many different ways, yet it's really easy to look at your life backwards yeah. that you lived and understand everything that occurred. Yeah. And in a way, it's that's kind of sort of what we just mm. did. And in looking at that, we isn't that cool how you can get a clearer sense of how the mind is right. all, all is mind. And the power of I mean, it. I mean, because people can yes. tell you things, oh. but mm. until you explore it, you, you don't really feel that power until you go into it. Right. And you can, and that's a really good point because you can explore stuff, you know, just by listening and getting into the vibration. Now I'm going to start to throw out Kabbalion words <laughs> and you can explore it by, you know, reading something and by investigating that or applying maybe what somebody shared that resonated with you and then doing your own research and even, you know, writing down you know, and finding out what you want to tell yourself. And, and in this, you know, what we looked at in energetic invocations in the sense of time and balance and truth. I mean, I remember one of the greatest quotes in part, because I kind of sat there and went, wow, this is so great because, you know, as much as balance is a part of our identity, imbalance is as well. And it has to be. Right. And you can understand more of that, you know, integrating, it into the principles of, of the Kabbalion. You can understand more of that and how that could be a possibility. And so then, you know, what do you want to do with that awareness? But I would, all, I and would why, also think that that would bring you a sense of calm when you're in mm, the midst of chaos, that you mm, understand that we do go through points of imbalance and that's, that's growth. That's what we're, that's, the, the design of the system. Thanks for taking the time to listen to some excerpts from our shows. Remember, we are always working in the energy and sharing our insights and conversations so we can all move beyond. So, what do you say? Will we see you there too? Join us and subscribe if you dare. Thank you for subscribing and listening to this production from EI Alliance. Check out our Amazon Authors pages and Google Play Books for our books and ebooks and our fan link for podcasts available everywhere. Find music from the Free Rock Trio and New Threads everywhere too. 